This is VC Projects Podcast, and today my guest is Shane Gafog, who is an American artist who looks through the lens of humanity at civilizations both past and present, and views time as threads that connect all people. His work is a visual language that is informed by the spiritualism of abstraction and the realism of the old masters. These two ideas are usually seen as separate, but, but Gafog fuses them seamlessly into works that transcend and become testaments to thoughts that inform us of who we are in the 21st century. Shane, thank you for joining me. Well, good morning to you or almost afternoon. It's a pleasure as always. Oh, um, thank you. And today we're gonna talk about the upcoming exhibition, um, trans- Event, event exhibition. Yeah, eventful exhibition. Eventful exhibition. So it's actually a performance by Shuka Ashvar, the soprano, and Tony Cardella, the pianist. And then it's artwork on display by you, but um, but it's curated all through me, which is an un- unusual thing to have music and uh, and art. But it's a it's a dream that I wanted to do with the both of you. And it's called Translations of Being Through Sight and Sound. And yes, um, thank you for being a part of this venture, I, actually. My pleasure. It's, um, should I just start talking or do you want to ask a question? <laughs> I'm going to, okay. Um, thank, so I'll start with the question. Um, so you know that this is something that I wanted to do. And the first thing when I met Shuka, I invited her to interpret one of your big paintings, um, yes. The Observer, Who's the Observe? And she started that, but um, I wanted to, to do something in the meantime. And you're an artist that I work very closely with. And I know that you see, when you see color or think of color, Uh, a little musical note goes off in your head. Yes. Well, I I see my painting as as much as, I hear them as much as I see them, right? Mm -hmm. And also when I'm listening to music um, or like like sitting down playing the piano, I can hit certain keys on the piano and I see the color that they are. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's it's a vibrational thing or, or what, but, and I just, assumed everybody had this capacity and then I was reading a book many years ago uh, the spiritualism and art uh, it was a, an exhibition that had been at the LA County Museum and I was one section was about art that was inspired by this I think at the beginning of the 19th century or the 20th century and um and I think it's called synthesis or synesis or what I remember the word Mm-hmm. my bad but um and so they were saying that you know uh, it's a rare phenomena where somebody can can hear color and see sound mm-hmm. um so then i realized that i just that it was unique to me and uh, but that has always been a big influence for me and so when i'm painting um i'm listening to the paint i'm listening to the colors i'm listening to the movement of my brush not the physical movement of the brush, but the movements that it's making. Um, because also, you know, every brushstroke for me, it's like I'm peeling an onion and every brushstroke gets me deeper into the onion until I get to the, the center of the onion. And each layer is like, it's part of my memory of my being. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting deeper and deeper into my own memory banks mm-hmm. of my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what you're seeing on the externalized surface of the painting ultimately is like the deepest part of my memory. Mm-hmm. And, and because I do the glazing process where I mix the paint with the glaze medium and I put put it on with very thin layers so they're translucent, when you're putting on different colors like that on top of each other, it creates colors that I'm not even necessarily anticipating. Mm-hmm. which for me is quite fun and exciting. And there's moments of this beauty that appears, mm-hmm. right? And I hear it. I hear it as a chord. Mm-hmm. 
mm. as a sound. Mm -hmm. um, so the music that I listen to while I paint is very, very, very important to me mm -hmm. because the music has to resonate with what I'm already hearing in my mind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that it all syncs up together. Mm -hmm. And I rarely do I listen to music with words because the words interfere with the purity of thought. Mm -hmm. The purity of thought is really just about the purity of color and sound without words. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and there was a, now, years ago, I had this idea that um, I wonder what thoughts look like before we attach language. Mm -hmm. What is that spark of a moment, right? So that's what I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. And then there was another thought that I had years ago. It was like this epiphany at three in the morning. Um, and I grabbed a piece of charcoal and a piece of paper. And I wrote that memory is the discourse between the mind and the body. So painting for me becomes a physical act of my memory and a mental act of my physicality. Mm -hmm. I know, chew on that one for me. Um, <laughs> um, very you know, I'm deep. in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in my deep. 20s in, in three o'clock in the morning and, and this thought comes into my head and it was like, oh, but you know, and let me reinterpret that. So memory, right? So our life's experiences are stored as memories. So then I realized that memory for me as an artist, memory is the language. It's like a language that exists between my mental thoughts, my mind, and my physical body. So painting, therefore, becomes a mental or a, a it is my mind, a mental act of my own physicality. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a physical act of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when, it's like this so it's like a triangulation. Right. Right. right you right. have memory and you have and you have your thoughts and you have your body. Mm -hmm. And out of this manifests the mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And out of this manifests, I think, creativity. Mm -hmm. And I think it manifests as sound, it manifests mm -hmm. as music, mm -hmm. as dance, mm -hmm. theater, mm -hmm. as art. Mm -hmm. I think it's all one. Mm -hmm. I think that the key that everybody, the formula, what is the formula for people to tap into that? You know, I mean, that's, that's the key of creativity and filing, finding the, the silence, turn off the, the dark noise and the white noise to, mm -hmm. to access that, that purity and your truth of, of conveying what, what you're, as a messenger, as the witness to the world, what, you know, what, mm. what are you sharing your, whatever that language is visual or sound or, um, uh, through whatever medium that is, even architecture, um, too, you know, but yep. so when I wrote my statement and I wrote opera musica, opera means yep. opera musica works in music. I wasn't too far off with you. No, no, for sure. And, you know, you, you think about the human voice and that is probably singing is probably the oldest art form. Mm. Okay. If you really think about it, you know, because mm -hmm. you don't need to get an instrument to draw with, or you don't need to make an instrument to make sounds with, or, you know, find a, a stick beat on a rock or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just you. Mm -hmm. So there's a purity that. Mm -hmm real purity and the sound is vibration mm -hmm. just as our thoughts our our thoughts are energy and energy is vibration and colors the reason we see certain colors in different ways is the way that light reflects off of the surface and that reflection is a vibration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i it's like our brains are these antennas to, to sensory antennas to pick up these beautiful nuances mm -hmm. that's surrounding us. And I think that it becomes an affirmation of life. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, of course, I don't know, but, you know, the first people and their communication skills and what that was and if they were mimicking 
sounds by other animals or sounds of the earth or rain or, you know, and for those who wanted to communicate that way. And then others, as we know, through cave paintings or things that they piled up, stones or drawings in the land to communicate that way. But we know because we do speak that it probably started with voice, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and song. And song, and, yeah. And song. And they, you know, like just to digress for a second, the, uh -huh. uh, the skeletal structure of an Neanderthal is the voice box is quite large and mm. their brains were large and they had large eye sockets so it they realized that they sang they had a they had a big voice and because of their the size of their eye sockets they had eyes that were larger um so the pupils could open up bigger and they were nocturnal they could see at nighttime mm -hmm. right so, and yeah. they from what the evidence that they found, they followed the cycles of the moon, the 28 day cycle. Mm -hmm. Whereas as humans follow the cycle of the sun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a little digression, but it's no, no, it's, it's great. It's they, they were truly receivers and yeah, and it's they're right, and it's quite apparent that they they were because of the size of the vocal box, they were big on communicating vocally mm -hmm. and and a lot of those cave paintings as well that they found they're now realizing were done by neanderthals not by humans mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and they've actually found because they found the skeletons the skeletons nearby these caves and they found the hands that match the handprints that were painted on the cave like somebody had a broken finger mm -hmm. so they were able to match that up and it's like oh this was a woman a neanderthal woman was in her late teens mm -hmm. who did this imprint mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. fascinating there's so mm -hmm. much we don't know right but i you know the but the act of singing the act of, of music and if also you know when you think about the piano for instance and it has a long history of how it was developed and i think it was during the renaissance period or prior to that they had like the pianos had i think it was like eighth eighth notes or something or quarter notes in between or eighth notes so it had a completely different sound mm -hmm. than, than what we hear now, completely different sound. Mm -hmm. So the music that was written was totally different. Mm -hmm. And they just kept evolving and evolving. Um, you know, somebody has a new thought. Mm -hmm. Well, what, I like that sound, but I like it better if it sounded like this and how do I get a better tone? Mm -hmm. So on and so forth, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's a long history to all of it. And I, I think visually, I mean, think about the cave paintings in, in, like this, in France or Spain and imagine somebody in there also singing mm -hmm. in those caves with mm -hmm. this operatic voice. How profound would that be? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're kind of trying to do here is recreate that in our own little way. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that aspect. But before we do that, I want to touch on what I called you two things. Um, what I referred to your works, we already sort of spoke about this, but I want to be really direct. I made the comment of saying it was visual harmonies. And mm. I mean, I see it as a chorus. Um, you see it as notes. Um, a chorus too. Yeah. How, you know, I, I said that, um, and that resonated with you. I gave mm -hmm. you the, I gave you the, the, the statement and you, you were free to revise it and edit as, as you wished. And you, you sort of, um, you kept that. And so, so let's talk a little bit about the visual harmonies. I mean, we, we have touched on it, but a little more. Okay. That, yeah. Visual harmonies within my own work? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. I think that, you know, color is a big part of it, obviously. <clears throat> and um, a lot of my palette derives from nature. Mm -hmm. There's And there's been a, a shift in my work in the last few years. Um, I think it's become a lighter palette now. Maybe I'm a happier human being at this point in my life. Who knows? 
Um, that's a nice thought. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe uh, you know, oddly enough, the uh, pandemic downtime of two plus years, um, it was a great time for me just to sequester myself away and, you know, work at my ranch and, and work in my orchard and plant my rose garden. And because I wanted to see life, mm -hmm. I wanted to see nature. The colors that are that came out, like right now, my rose garden is just going nuts. There's so many roses. I'm shocked about how prolific it is, but it's really beautiful. And I go out every day and look at it and I, I absorb the colors. I don't think I'm going to make a painting based on that color, mm -hmm. but I absorb the colors. And then when I go into my studio, um, those colors and the shapes are all informing me. Mm -hmm. because they're resonating with me mm -hmm. and with my mind, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So there's been a shift in my work um, the last few years that I'm happy about. And mm, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you're known, and again, in my statement, I also referenced that you like to capture that eternal moment. And... Mm -hmm and the visual harmonies and capturing the moment. To me, when, when I see roses or any plants, you know, blossoming and, and coming into their element of blooming is like capturing that eternal moment, that, that the essence of life, you know, everlasting Absolutely. life. Absolutely, I'm gonna take a snapshot of you here. <laughs> You're funny. Documentation. No, it really is. And it's, you know, you have, you think about the elements of nature and you've got sunlight and you've got water and you have oxygen and, and then you have these plants. And so again, you have this triangulation that's creating this moment of life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Very similar to what I talked about earlier. And that's all rolling around in my mind. Maybe it's probably my subconscious more than my consciousness. But I think that my subconscious bubbles up into my conscious mind. Mm -hmm. um, and so as I'm painting, there are moments that I recognize mm -hmm. as part of my memory bank mm -hmm. of my observations, mm -hmm. you know, as I'm going about my, my life. It may be something from 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. It may be something from, you know, walking in Paris. It may be something from being out in the field. It may be something mm -hmm. from being in mm -hmm. LA, mm -hmm. you know, memories after a while. And I, I think about the human mind, almost like a, a computer um, and your, your hard drive. And that, <clears throat> you know, you have these, as you're putting information on the hard drive, you have to um, compress it every now and then because it gets too broken up and too scattered and then it's too hard for the computer to find the information right so you have to you have to compress it down and i think our brains automatically do that and so the memories become memories of memories mm -hmm. and they and as they as time time has a way of compressing memories and so that these memories fuse with other memories and create new memories mm -hmm. even though they didn't really exist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so all these things i think are playing into <clears throat> what you're talking about and this harmony and i think sound is a big part of that too and the voice is a big part of that and you know there's certain uh, <clears throat> melodies on a piano there's certain notes that make us feel happy that certain notes make us feel mm -hmm. sad a minor chord mm -hmm. is more aligned with melancholy whereas mm -hmm. a major mm -hmm. chord is more aligned with happiness Right, and, and and it's all about the vibration of the of the note, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how that vibration affects us. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, we go back to we're like these human antennae mm -hmm. that are receiving all this information. Mm -hmm. Then, as an artist, as a performer, whatever, our job is to receive it and then interpret it and then get it out so that it has meaning mm -hmm. to an audience. Mm -hmm. And then I think, hopefully the meaning is what gives life. Um, it's an affirmation mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. We're here, mm -hmm. this matters. Mm -hmm. The but, moment of now. Right. 
let's let's talk about Shuka and I designed this event. I wanted to sort of include you. Um, she's got yep. another part of her program. Um, she she selected the the arias that she's going to sing, and then um, as she calls the art songs that are pieces by Benjamin Britten and Schubert and others that'll be quite quite lovely. Um, I struggled with the title. She struggled a little bit. It, it wasn't quite right. And I want, mm. really wanted to have your paintings and experienced in the event. <clears throat> um, I feel really strongly about that. And once again, you read my statement and I asked you to think about a title and you came up with a really, really brilliant title, Translations of Being Through Sight and Sound. So let's yes. tell me how you got there. And, and then once you do that, let's talk about the paintings that we're gonna see on view and okay. how they relate to <clears throat> translations of being in sight and sound. Yeah. Well, it, you know, what came to mind is um, there was a movie a number of years ago called the, um, oh, what was that? It was a European film, The Incredible, likeness of being or something mm -hmm. like that yeah yeah um yeah and it was about this war that was going on i think in poland or something um it's been too long since i've seen it but for some reason that title popped into my head and when moments like that happen i don't question it mm -hmm. i just acknowledge it and see that as a starting place Mm -hmm. So then that got me thinking about being and what does it mean to just be? Mm -hmm. You know, we are human beings, right? We're human and we're the, in, in the process of the act of being. We're mm -hmm. being human. Mm -hmm. We're human beings being human. So then, then the next step was art. All the arts are a translation or a way of communicating what it means uh, to be human. Mm -hmm. That's where the thing came from, the title came from. So that, you know, the music is one translation, paintings are another translation, but I think that visually and, and through the sound, I think it creates a tapestry, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, for the audience to experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just the painting, it's not just music, it's these other elements, you know, we have five senses, and so we're tapping into um, uh, two of them, mm -hmm. or three of them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, that's where it came from. Yeah. Thank Next you Next question that. about the art. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. I mean, I completely <laughs> forgot that we're human beings. Yeah, <laughs> we're human beings. Yeah, I forgot so about that. Everything, everybody, everything is, everybody yeah. wants to spend their time trying to be still and figure out what life is about and be yeah. in the moment. But yeah. we are human beings. So yeah. I completely forgot about that. It's so ridiculous. Well, I don't think, I think most people don't think about it like that. You know, it's just become a, a term that we identify as us or human beings, but break the word down. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can do that with so many words. <clears throat> I'm not going to digress with that, but it's, it's all right there for us. Yeah. Yeah. It's just got to, just got to open yourself up. And I think that's another part of the arts is to really have, um, to be able to be in the moment and understand or absorb the ideas or the sounds or the visualization of thought that's coming to you. Um, it really is, um, it's about the act of being. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. So one of, you know, the first painting I curated into the exhibition is A Rose is a Rose is a Rose number six. Um, yeah. And it's a triptych. It's really quite large. Um, 72 by 108, I believe, somewhere in there. 
quite large, yeah. um, three, three panels. Uh, they're framed really lovely in white frame. Um, I'm not gonna give away too much. They're uh, yellow and green and white and um, truly magnificent. We've talked about them before in another podcast, um, but these, I was like, oh, these have to, these have to be in this exhibition and it's gonna take up most of the space. And I just want them to just have, because they have so much volume, audio volume, they are turned up so high in nature, not electrified, but organic sense of like, a, you know, I mean, I don't really want to say it, but they really do reflect this essence of a garden or life or a bee or insects on a branch. I mean, of course they look nothing like that, but to me, I've been living that with them for the last few days now mm -hmm. and uh, dreaming around them. And, mm. and, and they have um, quite a profound state in the studio um, in the exhibition Good. space. Good. And um, let's talk a little bit about the, this triptych and okay. your thoughts and what, you know, you can't, it's like you can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. What yep. you hope your, our audience might get from them, um, looking at them and perhaps hearing Shuka's mm. voice and the combination. Um, one day we'll, we'll have a stage and we'll have a set and we'll have, yeah. you know, but this yeah. is the first step. Right. It's um, that painting, you know, it's a triptych now, but it started with the center the center canvas mm -hmm. and I, I was only going to do the one single canvas and it has these um it's a gambling paint called portland gray medium and a portland gray light and that's those are the colors i was playing with mm -hmm. and mixing that with a cobalt green mm -hmm. <clears throat> and i wanted this real sort of wintry um feel to it and then um and it has these white uh flowing lines calligraphic lines and, and then I, I realized it needed another panel. So I stretched up another one and then I said, it needs a third one. And that's, so then that ties into the title, Roses, Roses, Rose. It visually ties into the title. <clears throat> but then um, I, you know, these paintings take me quite a long time to do. So I was in one frame of mind when I did the centerpiece and then I stretched up the two outside panels by the time I was ready for those, I was in a different state of mind. Mm -hmm. So it didn't make sense for me to do the centerpiece, to use those same colors. Mm -hmm. So they, they morphed into more yellows, right? Um, and, and I think also because uh, it was probably springtime or something. And, and so life was coming back, you know, to the trees and plants and stuff. Um, and then once I got those two done, I realized that they were separate entities and they needed to be tied together somehow. And so then I did a very, very thin glazing where it's super translucent and it goes from one to the next. Um, and that, that brought them together as a unified whole, but it's almost an invisible marking that pulls them together. You know, it's, they're not, solid like the like underneath paintings mm -hmm. and and I was thinking a lot about you know how this is me I think and I've done this for years and years and years when I was a little kid I used to like lay under a tree and look at the direction that the branches were growing and I wondered what the tree was thinking mm. to make the branch go that direction versus a different direction and how all the branches as they come off, you know, they're all interacting with each other, mm -hmm. right? So they're all after the light. They all want the sunshine. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a competition going on, natural mm -hmm. competition. Mm -hmm. But so what I was thinking about was, you know, again, for those trees, what do those, or these plants, what do those thoughts look like? Mm -hmm. 
So that's where the, these movements come from. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost as if these, these plants are daydreaming mm -hmm. and I'm able to see their daydreams as they're imagining themselves becoming. Yeah, they're certainly whispering something. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what was going on in my my little mind um, as I was doing these paintings. Nick took, I think it was probably like five months that I worked on them. I kept, yeah. I, I would turn them face in to the walls so I wouldn't see them. And I would do that for maybe two weeks and then turn them back out again so I could see them fresh. Mm -hmm. um, do that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. This is going to be, yeah, it's a, it was a big dream to do this. And I'm so excited. Um, to do also, that. you know, with, with and with Shuka with her her vocal range, and and if you if you can imagine those notes that she sings, and imagine how they go up and they swirl down and they go up and they go, they cross each other and they create this beautiful movement. And I think that's these paintings are almost a, become a visualization of that sound. Wow! Yeah, that's true. When you say that, I can see that. Yeah. That'll be amazing. I know she's going to be inspired to perform, and and also Tony Anthony Cardella as the pianist. Yeah, he's quite an amazing pianist as well. He's Looking going to forward be, to meeting him. Yeah, um, there's a few other painting series that that are also going to be on exhibit. Um, mm -hmm. The still points are part of the translation of being, and it's a series you've been working on since um, yeah. 2009. Um, yep, and it's and you've done a lot of work, and it's still very fresh. You just finished um, two very large paintings, and um, I know that you're you have a goal to do an exhibition overseas with a room full of more large paintings of the still points yes. um, and how they communicate with each other, but also that each painting is a stanza from the poem, T.S. Eliot's Four Quartets. Mm -hmm. But, and we know because we've done other podcasts that the still points are really, really important to you. Let's, let's, let's talk about it for the new people that don't know okay. as much. Well, that poem by T.S. Eliot, there's a, a a line in there where he says it's neither coming nor going neither flesh nor fleshless at the still point of the turning world and i've been reading this poem for 30 plus years at least mm -hmm. um and there was something that resonated with me about at the still point of the turning world and i and i realized that i needed to find my still point within myself mm -hmm. and Sometimes it's really easy to get caught up in the the news cycle and the the monetary cycle that we all have to deal with on a daily basis. And for me, it I felt myself being off centered by by all this swirling around that was that happens in the world. And I thought I need to find where my still point is again, mm -hmm. almost as if it's like my solar plex, right? Mm -hmm. So then. Um, so as I was painting these, making these paintings, <laughs> as I was making these paintings, um, I'm thinking about the center as, as my solar plex. Mm -hmm. And so I load up a brush and I move my hand as far as I can go. And then it loops back around as if gravity is pulling it back to the center. And I keep repeating this movement over and over and over again, thousands of times, building up these layers, right? And so that, in the beginning, it's absolute chaos. It's chaos. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. But as as the months progress, um, the my mind, my my intellect wants to to turn this chaos into some sense of order. And it's never truly ordered, but it has balance. And that's done with how the lines overlap how they interweave with the colors, which ones are bigger, which ones are smaller. And, and the, when I first start these paintings, I use a wide brush and I usually feather out the edges. So it has a sense of almost a photograph that's slightly out of focus. 
And then as the layers come, get built onto the surface, um, the, the paintbrush gets thinner and thinner, more refined, the lines are more refined. So it's almost as if a camera lens is focusing in on what's closest to you. So it creates this visual effect. Mm -hmm. um, and it also enables me to guide the viewer where I want them to look. Mm -hmm. and, and that helps me to then guide them into the experience I want them to have as it's a similar experience that I've had making the painting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and it's, um, they keep feeding me, you know, and I, I, I put them down for a while, that series. Um, I think I worked on it for two years and I put them down. I stopped and it, it morphed into something else. And then I went back to them five years ago because I felt I had something more to say with them. And, and sure enough, I did. And so now they've really taken on a whole new um, aura about, you know, and they have a different purpose now. And now what I'm doing is taking specific lines of the poem, like I'm working on one right now. It's called The Silence of the Voice Praying. Mm. And I wrote that on a piece of paper and I stuck it on the wall. And I, I stared at that for two or three months before I began to paint. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the, the question I had was, this, you know, the silent, the sound of a, of a voice praying. Well, in my mind, that is silence. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes, I mean, there's prayers, and, but oftentimes people are praying quietly within their own minds. Mm -hmm. So there's a silence to that, but there's also um, a beauty to it. Mm -hmm. that's what I'm been after a particular painting. Yeah. So the words, the words are very similar to music in that um, I can see them as colors as well. Mm -hmm. When, when the people come and see them in person, they'll, they'll experience that. But I'm going to ask you a different question about the still points. Um, you speak, and I know the answer, but I want to. I want to. I want our audience to hear, um, our listeners. The still points you just spoke about the process of creating them yourself, and you're going back. We're we're getting back to into the being again, um, and you explained your sense of being and being transported within the process. Um, day after day, or rather hour after hour, um, mm -hmm. into these months and the chaos to the order. But what happens for you personally post creating of the painting? When when mm. you walk in on when you walk in on Saturday, and just as all these audience members, and you see that painting on the wall, that still point what do you expect that to be? Because for me, it's that chorus again. They're singing. They're, it's, it's, it's a huge, massive hmm. chorus. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't even, that's a good question, but it's something I never think about. Because for me, it's all about the process of making, of creating. And once the painting is finished, um, I, you know, I move on to the next piece. And it's the creative process that gives me joy and, and allows me to be a human being, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it's the creative process that, that is so crucial to my life. If I go three or four days without painting from travel, because I'm traveling or whatever, I start, I, I start not feeling so great mm -hmm. within myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, so it's an integral part of my, of my being is to express and to create and to visually communicate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't want to have expectations of what the audience members will think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I've learned a long time ago, never to try to anticipate that because mm -hmm. I have, that's something I don't have control over, mm -hmm. nor do I want to have control over. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. That's your own thing. 
Let's talk about the counting of days because that okay. is a series of paintings that you um, began in charcoal in 1998, charcoal on paper. And 1989. 1989. Oh, yeah, 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 1989. Yeah. Sorry. Um, that's a slip. And <laughs> you started that and, and you returned to it some years ago, not that long ago. And now, um, towards the end of last year, 2021, they appeared in painting format, um, in painting. They did. And, and yeah. you just loved it, just absolutely loved it. Yeah, I, I um, <clears throat> you know, these, so these drawings, uh, quite a number of years ago, again, I was trying to tap into my subconscious, to consciously tap into my subconscious mind. So the question I had for myself was, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. How do I consciously tap into the subconscious mind? Um, and one thing I started doing was to, to make a mark, a random mark, subconsciously, and then consciously try to replicate that mark. So then that started almost like this visual conversation between my conscious and subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the beginning of it, right? Wow. And yeah, so... And those became a series of pastel drawings that I did back then. Um, and then I, at, especially at that time, my mind was just flooded with imagery that it was hitting me so fast I couldn't get it out. Mm -hmm. There's no way I was going to get it all out. So I would do four or five images of one thought like that and then move to the next thought, mm -hmm. thinking at some point in time I'll come back to it. Mm. when the thoughts slow down, mm -hmm. when I'm not just, so that's kind of what has happened. And the, the original counting of days started, um, I've been in the Soviet Union on a peace walk, 1989. And I realized that because of their historical reference to time and to religion and to their own history was so different from the West, that time had a different meaning for them. Mm -hmm. And also most people, you know, because of health conditions and so on and so forth, most men were dead at 50, 55, mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes from alcoholism. Um, they lived a very, very hard life. So their sense of time was different than my sense of time. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, I started wondering how many days have transpired since the beginning of the calendar, our calendar, Western mm -hmm. calendar. Mm -hmm. each, each, you know, China's got their own calendar. Australia Aboriginals have their own calendar. But um, so this was, again, me just kind of going on a mental walkabout mm -hmm. to see what I could find. Um, and those numbers became really an interesting place for me. Um, and I was also thinking about Jasper Johns and, you know, his number series that he did. Mm -hmm. And so his using the stencils and that he did. So that gave me the license I felt to, to do my own take on that. Mm -hmm. But the, the markings was just a mark, say if you are doodling, you make one mark going from left to right, and then you make another mark underneath it, trying to copy it and copy the curve. Mm -hmm. Well, you end up with a shape that looks like a leaf, mm -hmm. right? But this is how nature works. Mm -hmm. So organically, I'm I'm just doing what naturally is there. I'm being. Mm -hmm. And so if I start replicating that, out of that comes a pattern. Mm -hmm. Right? And in a very similar way that at the beginning, they're chaos, but then the mind needs to make sense out of chaos, create order. That's naturally what we do. So these drawings started coming forth like that. And then again, after, I don't know how many I did, but not that many, and then I moved on. And then a few couple of years ago, I think it was, um, I had this idea to go back to them. And I think it was because we were doing some cataloging or something, and we were looking at those, and I thought, oh, these are nice. These are nice. I should go back into this. Hmm. Um, and then I decided to use color still. But the Roses of Roses Road series was happening already. Mm -hmm. And some of those lines became, started becoming more and more translucent because I was wanting to also capture this fragility of war. You know, it's there, but it's not there. Mm -hmm. It's a fleeting moment. 
Mm -hmm. So all those things were feeding into the counting of days. And then um, uh, I decided that they needed to be paints done with oil paints because I would have more control over the translucency with oil paint. Mm -hmm. And so I could make some of these what appear to be leaves to be almost invisible. You just see the edge of something, which then harked back to like the Renaissance paintings when, you know, they would paint an angel and you'd see the halo and the halo is just this tiny little yellow line. Mm -hmm. So all those thoughts are going through my head. and like the memory is just churning and 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 morphing and creating new things. So then, but then I started with I realized that you know the counting of days and because of the colors that I'm choosing, the shapes that are morphing into each one were very different. That they were more autobiographical than anything, mm. and they're almost they're almost self portraits in a way, um, emotional self portraits for me. So then I decided that the days, the counting of days should be the number of days that I've been alive on this planet. Okay. So that's what the numbers are at the bottom now. There are, they are a marking of how many days I've been existing mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So they become very much more autobiographical now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just thinking about, I'm just kind of doing a devil's advocate of, you know, somebody's going to say, well, why don't you just put the date, you know, for, you know, zero four slash eighteen. I could, but then they don't know what I'm But because I'm more interested in, in, okay, so I've been on this planet 21,585 days or whatever the number is. That changes my perspective of time as it yeah. relates to me. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. No, I understand. That's why. Here's my, here's Aww. my Frida. <laughs> my, my dog, Frida, wants, wants to be a part of this recording. Anyway. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. She's, she's adorable. So does that make sense, you know? About, yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah. I, I date them on the back. No, I know um, you do. I, I, I know you do. But I just, for the listener, I want... That you know they're gonna well why does he do that you know well that's why it's all personal and significant yeah. and um, you're a person that really likes to return to ancient civilizations and cultures and people and measure your experience um, in the trajectory of 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 what we know is the whole passage of life you know which is mm-hmm. probably another um unconscious reason why you came up with the title the translations of you know translations of being through sight and sound um yeah it's amazing is is there um anything that you'd like you know the listener or the person coming to see the program um people are going to say well why is it only one day and um it is just one day um people can come and make an appointment to see the paintings but the experience is one day what do you feel what what are your feelings about that well i i think that that makes it more important i mean it's important but it makes it more precious it makes it more mm, it's like we're asking the audience to really pay attention you Mm. know um Maybe at some point in time, as this progresses forward and there's a different space and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, mm-hmm. environment, um, then maybe it could be a series of night, mm-hmm. you know, who knows. Mm-hmm. But for right now, I think it is what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And those that get the opportunity to come and see it, um, I think they're going to be greatly rewarded from it. Mm-hmm. I think they'll walk away feeling a sense of of being in a way they haven't felt mm-hmm. before. Yeah, I know that's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm planning. Um, sometimes you can't come to your exhibitions because you're traveling or just time doesn't per- permit, but you are actually gonna be here on Saturday. I am. Yeah, I am. and that'll be really nice. 
um, yes. for people to meet you and, and experience also the event as a community, as a group, as an audience, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. It's just, it's new territory. Um, it, for me, it, I think it comes as, as close as I've ever been to sharing with an audience about what I experience in my studio, mm -hmm. listening to music and hearing the different sounds and the environment that's created and how it makes me feel. So mm -hmm. that to me is being in a, in its, a new way replicated for mm -hmm. an audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, great. Well, um, thank you very much for, for spending the time to You're talk welcome. to me about it. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to include your website on the description. And for everybody, please come and experience this and visit the website, um, vcprojects.art. It's on there, translations of being through thought, sight and sound. And I'm <laughs> speaking to Shane Gafog today and his at his ranch in Central California. And um, it's a great pleasure to collaborate with you. I think the next collaboration I wanna do with you would to, would to also now introduce a movement to have somebody interpret your work through movement hmm. as well as sound. Um, okay. Yeah, so we'll work on that in the future and see. Keep coming up with all kinds of ideas. Keep me yeah. on my toes, I like it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad that you're willing. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's, this is the stuff. This is the reason why. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why, you know, we're here. Mm -hmm. I did too, like I said before, you know, we, we have been created as we create. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think it's my lunchtime. All right. Thanks for joining me. Thank okay. you. My Thank stomach's you. telling me it's time to eat. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao.